I used to have the best evil laugh because like I would. And that's how we're starting digest. it. That was the very first what? sentence. We're oh, recording. Okay. See, we're recording. So, so now See, I have the, to do the evil laugh, or should I not? That's the you laugh have to now. Uh, now it's going to be bad because I'm put on the spot. Oh, it was going to be bad before that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, it's a, it's a, I think a trend going on now, and you just like you start with your fake laugh. This isn't a trend. This is you. Yeah. I no, no, hear no. This See, laugh. but I can't do the real laugh. So it's, it starts out. <laughs> and he kicked the toddler. Let's go. <laughs> That's the yeah, last. We, we don't have any listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're hoping to gain three uh, with a pilot and then lose them. He has left yeah. the chat. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome back to Integrity. Yeah. The Integrity. Welcome back. Isaac, would you like to introduce yourself again? My name is Isaac. Um, a fun fact about me. I have a diffuser, and I've abused my essential oils. I put them on my fingers sometimes, and I just sniff them throughout the day. <laughs> I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. Uh, so, Sam. I think it makes Sam. me a junkie. I don't know. Yeah. I want to hear your fun fact. Okay. Uh, uh, my name is Sam. Hi, Sam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your problem? Um, my fun fact is that... I finagled my way into a $600 kayak this summer with just a kayak that I was given for free. You had me at finagle. About $75. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a steal. Your boy knows how to make money moves. And it's sitting in our day room. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sitting. <laughs> when Hurricane Sally came through and we all got the storm shelter, I walk out the door and I just see you kayaking in the in the grass. It was beautiful. Yeah, I, I had actually, a kayak in the grass too. It was, worth it was it. very majestic. I actually I failed room inspection a few times because it was sitting in the <laughs> day room, and I did not clean it off. Aw. All right, Seth, your turn. Uh, so my fun fact is, I don't remember. Uh, this is Seth. Say something and interesting. My fun fact is that I'm blind. And so I got a big preaching Bible with super giant script, because um, I'm blind. For the record, it's not in Braille. He can actually see. Yeah, yeah, I can it's see. Just... <laughs> see, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I'm very nearsighted. I can't mm -hmm. see far away. You see, here at the Baptist College of Florida, the proper way to show off to other people is by having the biggest Bible. And so Seth is trying to... Um, so you get a Bible Claim atlas. that title. <laughs> Just get a big giant atlas or a... What do you call it? Not an encyclopedia. What's the the maps, the things that go... The commentaries? Uh, an atlas? It is an encyclopedia. atlas? Yeah. Okay. That has, that has the oh, maps. That's, that's the maps. You know what atlas sounds like? Atlas sounds like Atlantis. Hey, uh, I was about to segue into that. Day. But my segue was just going to be like, hey, let's talk about Atlantis. So good job with that. So, another fun fact about me. Mine are very aquatic themed. Um, <laughs> King kayak. I, so I am known to most of my friends for uh, my love of Atlantis. No, no, no. Your love for conspiracies. It's not... Um, okay, those are separate things. Atlantis okay, okay, is okay, not okay. a conspiracy theory. The love for Atlantis, yes. Yes, Atlantis, Atlantis is, is true. true. So, um, I... I've always been into um, 
you know, ancient civilizations and studying stuff like that. Um, and one of the things that I began to get into was Atlantis. And at first it started out, as Isaac said, a conspiracy theory. Um, and then I found this um, YouTube channel, Bright Insight, and they have this three-part series on the location of Atlantis. And the more and more that I began to um, study where they said that Atlantis was, and the more that I studied the culture there, the more that I studied um, about Atlantis itself, uh, I began to realize that Atlantis was a real place and that it was in this place. Um, For those who are living under a rock, what is Atlantis? So Atlantis is the um, quote-unquote mythical... Uh, well, okay, before I get to that part... Like an um, ancient there's, there's, there's three really ideas of Atlantis, um, which are all put forth in Plato's writings, the Timaeus and Critias. Uh, there is the nation, the empire, and the city. So, you know, the empire was ten uh, African nations, including Egypt, actually, um, that were all you know, under the reign of King Atlas. Then you had the nation of Atlantis, which was Atlas's home, and then um, you had the city of Atlantis, which is what we all commonly think of as Atlantis. Now, some of this may be wrong because it's been a while since I've actually studied up on it, so if I'm wrong, oh well. You uh, are our trusted source <laughs> right now. You're supposed to know this thing. He's, he's our residential expert on I know, Atlantis, so... I know the things about why it is where I say it is. Um, so, when we talk about Atlantis as this legendary lost civilization, we are talking about the city of Atlantis, which was this... Um, it was a, a economic superpower and a military stronghold of the ancient world. Um, it was an island, so you know it's off at sea, and it has three concentric circles of land and water, and with each uh, concentric circle, you know, getting bigger and bigger. I don't know the exact measurements, but it's a very substantial area. So. Basically, it's this legendary um, stronghold, this legendary economic superpower that was destroyed by the sea. Um, the, according to the Timaeus and Critias, the, uh, the leaders began to get corrupt, and Poseidon swallowed them into the sea. So, there's also the Disney film, which a lot of people bring up when I mention this, uh, which... Cinematically, it's great. I love that movie. That's like One the era favorite. of like Tarzan. Yeah. Like Treasure yeah. Planet. Oh, like yeah. Early 2000s, like Brother Bear. Also, yeah. also, if you've never seen Treasure Planet, um, Disney movie, go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So, very terrific movie. However, factually, terrible. Um, not at all accurate on the location of Atlantis. We're talking about, yeah, Atlantis is the, you know, the terrible movie, not Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlantis. Saucy no, show. No, Treasure Planet. <laughs> Treasure Planet is Saucy 100% boy. accurate in all of its depictions of Treasure Planet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
Oh, so um, back to, I, I had a question for yeah. our resident expert on Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your opinion on mer people? Mer people? Yes. Like sirens, almost. When you're out at sea that long, you begin to hallucinate. You begin to go crazy. Um, especially a lot of these you know, people on ships, they were men. It was only men. And so when you are out at sea, you're in the heat all day in the sun. Um, you're having to cut back on what you're eating. And a lot of times they're thinking about sex. They're thinking about women. And so they come up with these fantasies about um, you know, these women out at sea singing these beautiful songs. And so that's kind of what I believe is where we get our idea of these mermaids and um, it would make the sirens. Sense. No, yeah. see, I watched a three-hour documentary on mer people. <laughs> Are you talking about the mockumentary? Yeah, that, that was, that was a mockumentary. <laughs> that was a fake one. You have a documentary which is real, it's documenting stuff. Things. So, yeah. Mockumentary. Which mocks. <laughs> it, it mocks stuff. It was hilarious. It was great. So, <laughs> back to Atlanta. <laughs> the goal here. Did you watch that mockumentary too? I watched part of it. Okay, it's really good. Um, so, where was I going with Atlantis? Um, so, you know, a lot of people have put forth a lot of explanations for Atlantis. Um, some notable ones have been the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, that's kind of where everyone always thinks it is. And a few decades back, I forget exactly how far back, but there was this couple that um, they're really rich. They owned a submarine. And they claimed that they went down their submarine into the Bermuda Triangle, and they found these um, these crystallized pyramids down at the bottom of the ocean in the Bermuda Triangle. However, they had absolutely no proof to back up their claim. Yeah. Um, there were no logs of them taking the submarine out. There was no um, there was there was no charted course. People have scoured that area plenty of times and have found nothing. And so that, that made headlines simply because of the, I guess, the outrageousness of it, um, as well as the curiosity that always arises around the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. But that it, it was stupid. It's not a legitimate location. Another idea was that it was North America. Um, this one has a bit more credibility um, because if we, again, I love studying ancient civilizations. And so if we study the... Um, you know, the Native American civilizations, you begin to see that they're not quite as primitive as we always depict them to be. Right. As um, savages, but yeah, they mean intelligent, you know. Yeah, no, they had a, a, a wonderful economy. Um, there's actually been a lot of study done, and it's been proven that there are, um, like, plates and bowls and pottery found in, like, Louisiana, um, in ancient... ancient uh, sites there and the origin of those items is actually like up in Montana weird yeah so we have proof that there has actually been trade all across America um, back way before Christopher Columbus way before anybody made contact with them so there is credibility in that sense um, and there's even been speculation that it could be like Tampa as the uh, you know the city of Atlantis but I, there's not a whole lot of evidence. It's more just evidence that people were advanced, not really evidence that there was this city that was in contact with um, 
you know, with the Mediterranean area, with Greece. I mean, it could be Spanish influence, that just being in that area. Yeah, I was thinking South America. What do you mean, South America? Uh, Being connected to... uh, I was talking about Spain in, like, the... the, well, remember, we're talking before Christopher Columbus. Oh, mm-hmm. oh gotcha, gotcha. Like, okay. W- like, a thousand plus years before oh, Christopher gotcha. Columbus. Oh, gotcha, okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, the me- whatever the medieval days would have been in America. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, the, the idea, though, that I believe has the most credibility and is really what convinced me that Atlantis is an actual place, though, is that it is what is called the Eye of the Sahara in Mauritania, Africa. Um, like the Sahara Desert. Yes. So, it's buried, a lot of people, it's buried under sand. Well, it's not even buried under sand. That's the thing. A lot of people assume that, you know, Plato put forth that it was swallowed by the ocean. But what would happen if something was swallowed in, you know, a, a uh, cataclysmic flood? You know, we think Ooh. of these things sticking together. Yeah. What would be left? is purely the bedrock. Purely... I mean, that would make um, sense. You know, maybe some base structures. You're not going to have these huge towers and everything left. No, you're going to have the basic elements of it. And so when you look at um, Mauritania, Africa, you'll see this this circle there. Um, and that is the eye of the Sahara. And it... Again, I don't know the exact dimensions across of Atlantis, but there are... It was measured in stadia. And there are two different ideas for what a stadia is equal to. And if you multiply the amount the amount of stadia by what it translates to in uh, meters, it perfectly matches up to the distance or the diameter of the eye of the Sahara. Weird. It, so not That's only that weird. not only that, it talks about the um, it has mountains to the north and an opening to the south. To the north of the Eye of the Sahara, there's mountains. Mm-hmm. On the southern end, there is actually... So you have these these three concentric rings. And on the southern end, there is a line going from that, that central uh, circle all the way out. Are you talking about to like the, the topography, like the maps? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the topography of it. Um, there is a a significant dip on the southern end in all those circles allowing access straight to the middle could it have been like a meteor or something or like that it would not have shaped like that you would have expected a circular impact interesting um or are you talking for like that specific dip or yeah. for like yeah the, no like, it, it's it looks like it was carved straight out oh mm. what weird okay. so um uh, okay, some more things. Again, it's, it's been a little while since I've really studied this, um, but just a bit more. Um, I mean, it's interesting. It's, like, you always, like, Plato was a philosopher, right? Mm-hmm. So, is there a record of, like, if he was Christian, if he was. He just, was not. He was agnostic or Gnosticism? He was a follower of Socrates. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, proving of God. So, power of um, I do want to touch on uh, 
Plato for a moment. Um, so his claim about knowing this stuff about Atlantis is from his, I believe it was his great-grandfather, maybe grandfather, um, but Solon. One of his ancestors, Solon, who was still alive at the time when he told Plato. Um, I don't believe he was alive when Plato then wrote these down, but um, Solon was a historian. And so he would go around and gather the history of all these different places. And Solon went to Egypt. Again, Egypt was a part of that um, Atlantean empire. Huh. So he went to Egypt and from the, the, the leaders there, from the religious leaders, that's where he heard about Atlantis, about this, the city that they had records of. Um, Solon actually, you know, according to Plato, Solon actually saw the records, he looked over them, he read them, and recorded them down, um, and hence how Plato knew about it. And they were held in a pyramid at the time that now is actually been swallowed up by the Nile. However, at the time that Plato wrote these and Plato was telling people about this, that pyramid was still, you know, still above ground. It was still out of the water. So this means that people could have gone and verified. And there was a lot of travel oh, between yeah, the two places. Yeah, yeah. So there's no reason that Plato had to make this up. He was telling them you can go and verify this. You know, he told them his sources on this. And so that would have that would have discredited him if somebody had gone, saw that it wasn't real. But no, he used that um, to prove that it was real. So it, uh, is Atlantis the English name for, say, like, whatever the name was at the time? I th That part I'm not positive on. I believe it's more of a transliteration okay. than a translation. Um, for those of you that don't know what a transliteration is, a so a translation is, um, you know, just taking one word in another language to mean another word in a different language. So, amigo in Spanish means friend in English. Um, but transliteration is where you take, um, say, the Greek word baptizo. Baptizo was transliterated when the Bible was being brought into English to baptize. Oh. So, so the Greek word was transliterated. I believe so. Okay. I'm not positive on that. But so like the Greek word baptizo, the literal word is immerse, which that brings up a whole other topic. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about it another time. <laughs> but so that's just kind of what transliteration versus translation. Would there be any, say, biblical evidence for any record of Atlantis being... Like existing at one point, like are there any scholars that assume that there's a certain city in the Bible as Atlantis, or is it later on almost? Not to my knowledge, um, which I I go back and forth on whether or not I think it's a um, pre or post flood civilization. Okay. Um, I mean, it might have been pre flood. Know. It would make sense why it's underwater. Was was uh, Plato's discussions of the city as a already destroyed? Yes. Yeah, it was already destroyed. Um, which, let me get back to the city, um, because I really don't... Again, I go back and forth on the date. So, back to the city itself, and 
more evidence for why it is Azahara Mortania Africa. Um, first of all, the, the first king of Atlantis, the legendary king, was King Atlas. Yeah. If you study Mauritanian history, the first king, this legendary king, King Atlas. Um, Atlantis was known to be made of this white and black stone, and uh, they were famous for orichalcum. I never know how to say that word, but it's this red metal. What you find at the Isle of Sahara is um, a lot of black stone and white stone as well as a red metal so you have that it also talked about there being elephants in um, Atlantis which kind of struck me as odd because you know it's this this island paradise thing like I I don't expect like how did you transport like how did you transport elephants over but that's the thing there are tons and tons of elephant bones and elephant carcasses there or not carcasses, what? but elephant skeletons. What? Um, and this is where it gets really weird. So all around that area is salt water. Okay. Or it's well, it's currently a desert. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, all around, you know, Atlantis, it was in the ocean. All around it is salt water. In the stories of Atlantis, in the middle island, again, three concentric circles. So the middle circle. There was a freshwater well. In Mauritania, Africa, there is a very scarce number of freshwater wells. All around the the Isle of Sahara, you are surrounded by desert. The water that you can't find is salt water. However, in the middle of the Isle of Sahara, there is a freshwater well that even to this day the locals are using what um spook <laughs> so yeah there's shooketh <laughs> <laughs> now, now obviously if you are paying close attention there's a problem with this whole idea I mean, which you may be thinking well it's in the desert not in the water yeah like, how, like the where would the water come from if it's, it's in the desert so one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that the northern part of Africa has gone through some of the most drastic climate changes throughout all of our known history. Um, If you go back a few thousand years, it was not a desert. It was actually a a forest, a rainforest. So it's constantly shifting, constantly moving. Um, And if you do a study of the, the elevation, you'll see that it changes a lot. Now, there is there have been studies done to show that it is completely possible that that part of the Sahara could have been submerged and then risen up based on just really? volcanic activity, um, geological shifts. And so it is fully possible, it has been proven that that area could have at one time been completely submerged. Huh. Now, if again, if we're thinking about this happening in a, you know, a very short amount of time, it was a very quick, um, you know, flood, likely caused by like an earthquake, um, some sort of geological shift, some sort of volcanic activity. 
if that were to happen, that would have destroyed a lot of the buildings there. And so people yeah. go there looking for buildings, and there haven't been, there's not like buildings. There are currently um, certain nomadic tribes that kind of go about and, you know, put up tents around that area. But what they have found is sort of like an outline of structures. Now, there's not a lot of testing done, though, because that is a very highly um, contested part of the world. There's a lot of people who, you know, are, are fighting, wars happening there. So, so it's not like you can just go up and try and find it because you got all the countries yeah. at war. Yeah, it's not like you're just, you know, driving out to Mississippi. No, <laughs> not Mississippi so much. Last week we talked, or week, yesterday we talked about Mississippi. Um, it, was, it was last week. Yeah, it was. It was last week, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, you're not just driving out down the road. You're in a war zone. So there's not a lot of studies that have been done, unfortunately. Um, and it's something that I really hope that we can. I mean, that we can really dive into. If we seek peace, <laughs> we will get to the bottom of this. It's definitely it's something. Okay. It's definitely something that, like, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna go up to God and just be like, "Hey." I was right about that, wasn't I? Please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my child. You were, you were gullible. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of if there's any other things. I know there's other, um, you know, other bits of evidence for it. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, I probably should have re rewatched the videos, <laughs> but I didn't. I mean that's pretty good, like straight from <laughs> that, that memory. was that was straight from memory. So that was that was a pretty interesting take on. Because uh, I'm I'm a I, sucker for like conspiracies and not like, conspiracy. Well, well, no, no, like <laughs> not not because sucker for learning them to hear to hearing sucker for learning not being not, told something is not real and there's evidence for it possibly being real. That's what I like. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's like one of my one of my favorite um, not conspiracy theories is is if you say birds are not real, I will chuck you out this window. Is a fact. <laughs> Don't <birds>. say it. <laughs> you said it. He said that. He meant that. They are, they are that. real. I mean, the, the, you can see birds. Yes, birds are real. Who do they work for? The bourgeoisie. <laughs> the bourgeoisie. Uh, I've heard they work for the French foreign legion. Well, obviously, they're government drones. I mean, yeah. Always scoping around. Like, how do they charge this on power lines? It just makes sense, you know? Okay, You've do, we, all, do we actually want to go full-on conspiracy? You've all seen the, the video where the pigeon salutes Putin. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> and if you don't, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> Well, we are really becoming those conspiracy theory people who are like, just look it up. Just look it up. Like, I promise it you it's real. out there. I promise you it's real. I don't know, man. Just Google it. <laughs> um, I can't I can't give you the source material, but but I know it's there. I've got uh, my sources. They work for the government. They're in the National Guard. Sounds like something I know. Uh, also, if we can find the link to those videos, we will uh, post the link. We don't even know how to post this podcast yet. <laughs> we find out how to post this podcast. <laughs> if you hear this podcast, that means we successfully got it on Spotify, this Spotify, or whatever platform we find. Yeah. If anyone has any recommendations before they hear this uh, as what platform we should use, uh, they would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> For sure. 
If anyone's still listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry we wasted your time. You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> I'm a sucker. No, do we want to go full conspiracy theory? I mean, we can. I, I, I want to hear yours, because... I have a different rabbit trail that sort of ties in, not really, but I think conspiracies will kind of lean into it. So I'm, talk, go, I'm talking along the lines of, like, cryptids. I'm thinking like what do you think about haunted I'm house? Thinking, I'm thinking like Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, Jersey I, Devil. Yeah. yeah because yeah. as a kid, I was so invested in that. What do you think about dragons? Okay, ready. My views on dragons have changed. Mm. I I wrote them off as not being real. Foolish. Foolish. <laughs> Foolish. Indeed, I was. So, there was. There was an article I saw. This guy was claiming that we have no full skeletal remains of a T-Rex. Because it's all speculation that... Because it was all found together. The way it's formed. So, what this dude, I guess, in the article was saying was... A lot of the bones that they used were a mix of, like, baboon, Mm -hmm. sheep. I think there was one that was, like... I think giraffe bones, elephant mm-hmm. bones, hippo. Mm-hmm. So we've had multiple different bones and bird bones, obviously. But the only thing they could not figure out was what is that? What is the head? What is the T Rex head? So what this guy was speculating was it was a dragon. So the little arms of like a T Rex in the front, why would they be in the front when they could be wingspaned? and be on the ends of wings and almost like the idea of a dragon existing because he his sources were marco polo wrote in a lot of his expeditions and journals that he found giants like tall people like a tall people colonization like in europe and then when he went to europe he wrote about these chinese well not chinese people but these orientals at the time who were taming these lizards with large teeth and could breathe fire. And they kept them hidden in caves, which would kind of, I mean, make sense with the medieval influence of dragons in caves and knights trying to slay these things. So his evidence is Marco Polo. For those, you know, say if like, oh, the Bible's not a legitimate source. I mean, you got Marco Polo, you got a secular source for you. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me, like, the whole idea of we've been taught that dinosaurs are this, dinosaurs are the like, like proving evolution, and you know, 65 million years ago, we we have no idea how old the Earth is. Yeah, yeah, I I think that you know some of the things that just touching on that that um, you know are important to understand. Um, well, okay, first I'm going to touch on the like age of the Earth. Um, you know, you look through the story of creation, God made man, or God made, well, Adam, uh, you know, developed. Right. He was an adult. Right. God made mm-hmm. the trees already having fruit on them. God made oh, the... Oh, I didn't even think the, about that. Everything Ooh. was produced, or everything was made um, mature. Huh. Yet, for some reason, we think that because the earth is mature, that's proof that it can't be created. Mm-hmm. When everything else was created mature. Couldn't there be a God who just loves to see creation grow almost? So like having billions of years to like let the earth develop and just kind of... 
Well, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Like I, I I don't believe in old earth creation, but I'm saying that God created the earth to be a certain age. Oh. So like if you're writing a story, you're not going to start your story at, um, you know, somebody's birth and then go through all their childhood and just go through all that. Oh yeah. And then get to, you know, when they're 30 years old when they get to the good part. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to start with them being that age that you have appointed them to be oh, and then go on. And so I, I believe that's kind of how Whoa. God worked, which is God created the earth to be a certain age, the perfect age to house humanity and to house, mm-hmm. you know, creation. Interesting. Um, so that's just a uh, one side note. Um, the other thing is, and this is not really, oh, yes, uh, I was just going to say, um, it's, one of the things you look around at, like the stars and our, our sun, we are in the absolute perfect position uh, for our atmosphere to work, yeah. for mm-hmm. humanity to exist. Um, and it's just weird to think that it could happen by happenstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so off of that, though. <laughs> um, <on> to- <laughs> Uh, you know, back to the the matter at hand, which is dragons. Amen. Um, you know, you look throughout all creation or all of you know the the known world, and there's certain things that every culture has some sort of a story about, some sort of a legend about, and yeah, like an origin the, story. And just these, like these, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Um, but like these, you know, these stories. If every culture agrees that we have it, then, I mean, these people who deny it because they don't have, you know, they don't have the skeleton for it, I kind of think it's foolish. Um, You know, the flood being one of those, every single ancient culture had a story of a flood, um, yet we deny a worldwide flood. So that's kind of foolish to me, but on the dragon topic, you look through Asian, uh, you know, if you look through Japanese culture. There's dragons. You look at Chinese culture. Oh. There's dragons. You look at Indian culture. There's dragons. You look at, um, you know, European culture. There's dragons. I'm not too sure about African culture, but I would assume that there's got to be some sort of, you know, something re- right. related to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, the overwhelming evidence is that this is not a localized thing. You know, like Bigfoot, that's kind of a legend that got started in America. I don't see that as compelling evidence. Yeah. Um, the Jersey Devil, that's that's Jersey. I don't see that as compelling evidence. But when you have, you know, most of the known world agreeing that there was at one time dragons, I would see that as compelling. Think, think when you go to a Chinese restaurant, you ever seen the placemats of like when they got like all the, was it the Zodiacs? Oh, I know what you're getting mm-hmm. at. Yeah, yeah. So... You have all, like, so you have, like, the monkey, the pig, the horse, the ox. You have, I, There's 12 of them, right? Yeah. Why would you have 11 true and you have a dragon not be real? You know? It's exactly, like, yeah. You would have, like, at the time, it being an ancient zodiac, it would have had to have been real. Mm-hmm. And I'm the year of the rabbit, by the way. Hey. You're the ox. I don't know. A tiger. I'm a little bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, I I don't think that, you know, the 
dragons that really existed were like, you know, in Skyrim dragons. But I, I definitely do think that there <laughs> was some sort of a, um, you know, that there was some sort of a uh, living reptilian being, um, some sort of a creature that had, you know, wings, had some sort of method of breathing fire. I mean, there are certainly, I mean, there's, there's, I forget what they were, but there's um, certain, I think, slugs that when they expel, uh, like acid or some sort of, some sort of a gas, if it's sparked, which sometimes they have, which there are certain ones that I believe do have sparks. I'm not sure where I was given this information. But I was given this information at some point. Fire breathing um, slugs, yeah. No. But no, it, it just expels the gas and the gas catches fire. Oh, shoot. Um, Gary's going to kill SpongeBob. <laughs> so, so, Sam, uh, SpongeBob's toast. The, you've mentioned about dragons in the Bible. Um, where right. is that found? Uh, that's in the book of Job. I'm not sure, I'm not sure where in the I book think of it's Job. F- so, Forty is behemoth. It's forty is behemoth. Forty one is leviathan. Leviathan, yeah. So, go into leviathan if you know anything about it. I don't know too much about leviathan. I just know that it resembles a dragon and that it's, um, you know, in the Bible. And so I, I actually down the road, I didn't even realize this until like the past, I think year, two years. Actually, Job was written before. The flood yeah. happened. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that maybe dragons didn't make it to the flood. Dinosaurs didn't make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, like, a cataclysmic flood just hit dragons, like, and just wiped out the species? They're almost seen as, like, unclean, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, um... So, there is... I don't have any evidence for that, but, like... There is substantial <laughs> evidence that... Um, following the flood, we entered an ice age, right. and oh. in that ice age, the things that would um, the things that would last are things with uh, shorter lifespans, or not sorry, uh, sorry, not shorter lifespans, but shorter um, reproductive cycles. So they're putting out more and more children, um, and these bigger creatures, these you know, behemoths and leviathans. Since they're they so large. They weren't able to keep up. Yeah. And they also weren't able to keep up with the, the demand for food. And so if there was, you know, again, we believe that there was a ice age following the flood. And if that was the case, these larger animals that had um, longer reproductive cycles and required a lot more food, they would not have survived. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why there's no woolly mammoth today or, mm-hmm. you know, so let's say like, you know, behemoth, there's speculation that it was a sauropod. Mm-hmm. A sauropod, for those who don't know, is basically a long neck dinosaur, you know, little foot made big. <laughs> so, like, the idea of, I mean, if someone can pull it up. Uh, would you mind if I read the passage about the behemoth and the Leviathan? Yeah. Read, read, be, read behemoth. <laughs> I, I stay quiet on issues, or I try to stay quiet on issues that I really don't know much about. He's an observer, too. Um, and, and so there's a few few topics I'll, I'll try and interject on, but Atlantis, know nothing about uh, the, 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 the mockumentary <laughs> mer people. I know a lot about mer people that don't exist, <laughs> but that that's about it. You um, and your sea shanties. So, <laughs> I love my sea shanties. All right, so, so 
so the passage is Job chapter 40, verse 15. And this is God telling, talking to Job, and he's talking about, who are you to question me? So is this Leviathan or is this Behemoth? So I'm going to start with Behemoth. And okay. be, because Behemoth was the one seen on land, um, mm-hmm. and Leviathan was in the ocean. Uh, and this, this just gives context that there were probably, like Job knew of these creatures. And there right. were more than likely more creatures like this. Uh, so we look at the passage, it says, this is uh, ESV, Behold Behemoth, which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold his strength in his loins, and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar, and the sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze, his limbs like bars of iron. He is the first of the works of God. Let him who made him bring near his sword, for the mountains yield food for him. Where all the wild beasts play, under the lotus plants he lies, in the shelter of the reeds in the marsh. For his shade, the lotus trees cover him. The willows of the brook surround him. Behold, if the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. He is confident, though Jordan rushes against his mouth. Can one take him by by his eyes or pierce his nose with a snare? Yeah, that one, yeah. And that, that describing the behemoth, it's basically God talking about no man could ever control these creatures. And God was saying that he and was I've, the one I've heard speculations them. of it being like a hippo, being like a big giant elephant. But that, mm-hmm. but when you look at it, okay, verse 15, he eats grass like uh, a cattle. Stegosaurus? Maybe. Or what our, our understanding of a look stegosaurus at the, is. I mean, look at the strength of his back and the power in his... In the muscles of his belly, mm-hmm. I mean, had a large stomach. Apparently, he stiffens his tail like a cedar tree. The tendons of his thighs are woven firmly together. Mm-hmm. Cedar trees are pretty big, and like a s- small little hippo tail or an elephant tail, like it, that wouldn't make sense, would it? Yeah. No. And and uh, do you mind if I go into the? Leviathan? Yeah, 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 you can. Uh, and, and so he goes on. Uh, in chapter 41, can you draw out Leviathan with a f- fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many pleas to you? Will he speak you so- to you soft words? What? Will he make a covenant with you? And of course, if you, uh, the, Leviathan the book, the book speaking of ASMR, Job, no? <laughs> <laughs> the book of Job is a book of poetry. Um, and so, and the reason they did this is because this story was originally probably passed down orally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's and not so to remember that they, they had to use these these poetic language right um, and so I'll go on in verse three uh, will he or uh, actually verse four will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever will you play with him as with a bird or will you put him on a leash for your girls will traders bargain over him will they divide him up among the merchants can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing peer, spears. Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. <laughs> Behold, the hope of a man is false. He is laid low even at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that he dares to stir him up. Wow. Mm. Who then is he who can stand before me? Who is first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. I mean... 
That's... So, well, Leviathan really didn't go into too much uh, detail as far as the creature, but... L literally, verse 16, one scale is so close to another that no air can pass between them. Mm -hmm. They are joined to one another so closely connected they cannot be separated. So scales, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Verse 18, his snorting flashes with light, while his eyes are like rays of dawn. Flaming torches shoot from his mouth, fiery sparks fly out. Smoke billows from his nostrils, from a as from a boiling pot or burning reeds. His breath sets coals ablaze, and flames pour out of his mouth. Strength resides in his neck, and dismay dances before him. And so, like, that's a dragon. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I think it's also important to understand, you know, if um, the way it's written, it's... It's God um, displaying power. Yeah, displaying his power before Job. Exactly. And so he's not going to just make up some sort of creature and be like, I could make an animal that breathes fire, and I could do this if I wanted to. No, he's saying, look at what I have done. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, if we are to take the Bible as serious, then that means we need to understand that God not only can do these things, he has done these things. And I, they, oh, sorry. Um, sorry. And I always think of the the little Dicky song, um, Pillow Talking, where he, he's talking about, like, the, you know, so the dinosaur's purpose was to just die. And, like, no. the Obviously, it's just a funny song, but the dinosaur's purpose, just because it wasn't for us, doesn't mean that it had no purpose for the people right. who saw them and who were around them. No, it was a perfect picture of how mighty God is. Ooh, have, have that's so good. Have, have y'all seen the the commercial for the new Kong movie? Yes. So just just what I imagine when I read that passage is just Godzilla. God's Godzilla, but dragon form. Um, and so the three headed one. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, some of that. You. But like you think about it, like what it talks about, like this the scales being sealed together, and basically nothing can pierce it. Um, how we would fare against something like that nowadays? Like, mm -hmm. like humanity wouldn't wouldn't have gone <laughs> very far oh, with it there <laughs> if they were against us, you know. That's so, that's intense. Yeah, it's kind so, of scary. On the topic of um, you know, dinosaurs and Leviathan and Behemoth, I believe oh, that. No. Oh no, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> where's it going with this? <laughs> so I believe that the uh, the pyramids are a well, okay need to make a distinction. Step pyramids, post-flood. The Great Pyramids, I believe those are pre-flood. Really? Not only that, mm -hmm. I, I believe that the dinosaurs helped them with it. There were, uh, there, there's different um, pictures that are done on walls so deep in the pyramid, and basically they, they had to have light sources down mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, but they they wouldn't have been able to carry a torch because the, there's not enough oxygen down there mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. have light. And we assume um, that they're big, giant burials, you know. Mm -hmm. so, but they seem to fit another purpose. So that's one of the things. In, but they were again, again, we need to make the distinction between step pyramids and yes. the Great Pyramids. Okay. Um, the step pyramids, we have found plenty of um, sarcophaguses in them. Sarcophagi? Sarcophagi? Sarcophagus. Yeah. Um, we found plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> so we found plenty of those. But in 
the great pyramids in these actual pyramids, not step pyramids, but real full-on pyramids, we have never found a sarcophagus. And there is the, in all of them, there is this, um, this, what they call the bull's coffin, where the, where they believe that the um, pharaoh's prize bull would be buried with them. Weird. But we've also never found any, any cattle in them. We've never found any, um, any skeletons, remains, any remains in them. So like not um, even an ox. Like it says that, you know, he's buried with the ox, but there's not even an ox there. Yeah. Okay. Also, the writing that's in these pyramids, none of it is ritualistic. And none of it is religious. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. If you show... If you were to give these... Like the blueprints for a pyramid to a um, electrical engineer, they would tell you that it is a power plant. What? So it's a so, generator. Yes. Could this, what? Relate, could this relate to the Tower of Babel? Uh, I don't believe so because the Tower of Babel was post-flood. Again, just a question. Again, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, In my highly <laughs> most accurate, humble I, I'm opinion. Not, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. It's not my opinion. It was a question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't believe it was related to the Tower of Babel. Um, but here's the thing. With it being... With, again, my view that it is a pre-flood thing, and, okay, let me take a step back. A lot of people will raise the question of, you know, wasn't everything destroyed in the flood? Right. Well, if I were to go to your car with a, I don't know, a shotgun, shoot the engine of it a bunch, you know, destroy the engine, destroy all the mirrors and windows and okay, terminate everything, <laughs> and then I gave it to you. You would say, you've destroyed my car. You would not be like, yeah, that's a working car. No, it's destroyed. And so the level of destruction is also something that is something that I like to point out is they don't work as generators anymore mm -hmm. um, because of the level of destruction. So what was, would they have been generators for? Electricity. Wireless like, electricity. Like what, were they, what would they be powering? So... Um, in Genesis chapter 5, I believe, it talks about the Nephilim. It's either mm -hmm. 5 or 6. It talks about the Nephilim. They were the descendants of the sons of God, um, which there's a lot of speculation about what it is. What, what I believe the most likely explanation for it is um, that the, the sons of God that it talks about are fallen angels. It talks about how they oh. um, saw that the, the women of the earth were attractive and you know good for mating so basically so, these demons oh. mated with these girls yes which also let me just make another point um going down all the rabbit trails um in greek mythology we see a lot of these gods quote-unquote gods um coming down and mating. having children with the women of the earth mm -hmm. i mean you can't Until got it you can't hear a Greek mythology without hearing about Zeus being attracted to some woman. Um, Ooh, okay. So, so, like, the idea of the inspiration, almost. So Nephilim... That's where the stories came yeah. from. So, Whoa. came out of truth. So, you know, so the what, Nephilim what, were in Genesis 6. More than likely. Oh, Genesis 6, okay. So, what I, you know, what I believe is that these, these 
fallen angels posing as gods came down, had sex with the women, and made these children that, you know, in Greek mythology, the demigods are almost like gods themselves. Mm. In the Bible, we see the Nephilim as these, um, you know, these mighty men. Mighty, yeah, these mighty men and also these evil men. Um, and so I, I believe that that's where, and, and this mostly comes from the book of Enoch, where this next part is coming from, um, which is not a biblical book, but it is seen as one of the top um, accounts of pre-flood life. And it talks about the so historical, but not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, like, historical like necessary for salvation. Yeah, so not not biblical canon. This is not part of the Bible. This is not scripture, mm. but it is seen as historically accurate, um, and it is highly revered as such. So it talks about the Nephilim teaching the the people of the earth how to use these what they consider to be like magic but the way it describes it is modern technology you know it talks about whoa these i believe it talks about like forms of communication it talks about these boxes that people travel in um i like phones and cars mm -hmm. um obviously i'm not saying that they were you know walking around with with bluetooth headphones and <laughs> um walking around their own yeah. yeah but they had I believe that they did have some sort of a technologically advanced civilization. And um, now here's where it gets really interesting. So we've already talked about the you know, pyramids. If you show them to an electrical engineer, they will tell you that's a generator. That bull's coffin, they will tell you, is a, um, essentially a battery, mm -hmm. a bank of energy. Huh. Um, now, there is a problem, and that I don't know the whole like chemical makeup that causes it to be like that, but I just know that that's what they say. The problem, though, is how do you disperse the energy? True. How do you get it out? Because obviously, you know, we have uh, wireless phone chargers now, mm -hmm. but you have to put your phone on that. So how do you get that ener energy to disperse throughout all of Egypt? Well... This is something that Nikola Tesla was working on, which what he designed was very similar to. Um, also, he died right after. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He did die when he proposed. Oh, that Tesla coil. Um, yeah, he was working on the Tesla coil, which was essentially to do what I am saying the the pyramids did. Um, he modeled it after the pyramids. I don't know if he knew. I don't know if we knew this about the pyramids yet. Um, but the way that he modeled it, this the way that you had the, um, the water <laughs> flowing underneath it, that's exactly the same as the pyramids. But again, the problem is how do you disperse that energy? True. Well, what he, what he started testing was having these receptors mm -hmm. all over. So, you know, you'd have a receiver out. I don't know how far he was able to get it, but he was able to get it at some distance. Mm -hmm. Now, if you perfected this and put this on a scale of such as the Pyramid of Giza, well, you would be able to send that really far. Mm -hmm. But how? All throughout Egypt and all these major civilizations, they have obelisks, mm -hmm. which huh. are shaped like a receiver, what you would need 
to receive that energy. And basically, like, an obelisk is, like, the shape of, like... Um, think about, like, the... Was it the Washington, Washington Monument? Yeah, the Washington Monument. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So they're receiving a signal. Mm-hmm. going into conspiracy theory um, hardcore conspiracy theory um, Nikola Tesla died shortly after uh, basically proposing that theory um, and working with that and you can see different accounts of people disappearing when they be when they come closer to that mm -hmm. uh, method of uh, Transmitting electricity like because they it die or uh, they 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 get suicided by the government. Uh, they get they get heart attacked. Uh, they get oh uh, they disappear. You know the word conspiracy. Oh, so that that is conspiracy. <laughs> the word literally means to conspire, like an idea to conspire. It was mm. actually created in the forties by the CIA themselves. To block any shady stuff that they were doing. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. <laughs> I'm not being shady. <laughs> I'm exposing. Well, the whole thing was to paint a stigma around people that questioned. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, it was to make them look like idiots. So you're, you're telling me aliens are real? Oh, that's a whole. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, Someone's going to open it. Isaac, how, how far in are we? Uh, we are 57 minutes in. I was going to go say like, another 15 minutes. Again, I, I was... I was... I'm down. Joking. I want to see... Well, wait, wait. I, I had a point to do with... Uh, the <laughs> Unless that about. could be the part three. Pyramids. Pyramids. Okay, so... You went into pyramids, Nikola Tesla. power is before Nikola Tesla. It was, it was something to do with the pyramids. Dispersing the... They're harnessing energy. Dispersing power, harnessing energy. No... Where did the energy come from? Obelisks. Oh, I think it had to do with, like, also conspiracy theory, Illuminati. I mean, this all shows that, like, yeah. I'm... Oh, also, this is for fun. Like, yeah. some of it, most of it. A lot of this, too... People do write it off as conspiracy theories, you know, like, the idea of origins. And we're so used to accepting and hearing what we're given rather than actually processing and questioning... Mm -hmm. And then once you, and it seems like just talking about what you there's hear. always an agenda. There's always someone is going to feed you information with a motive, with a purpose. So I'm just, I mean, we can also leave it here and carry UFOs into the next. I, th I think aliens next week would be a perfect. We have yeah. to. We yeah. have to. Yeah. Perfect um, discussion starter. Now I, I do want to be clear, like. Aside from the Atlantis thing, we're not crazy. I don't, I don't fully believe all these things. Um, They're just fun know. to throw. Yeah, it's fun because to throw this is what we talk about well, in the dorm. I fully believe there was a Leviathan and a Behemoth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that I fully believe. Um, um, but I'm talking more about like the uh, concepts, the, the generator, the pyramid generator. Yes. Um, I just think that the what has been put forth about them being you know tombs, I don't buy it. There's no like you don't find sarcophaguses in you know the Great Pyramid of Giza. You don't find them in those those pyramids, and so I'm not. I don't fully believe it's a generator, but I also don't believe it's a tomb. 
Mm-hmm. And this is just my favorite idea. Oh, about I, I remember what I wanted to talk about. So, so I was watching this documentary, and they were trying to find mockumentary. Noah's. No, this is this is this is, this is, this is a real documentary. They they were trying to find Noah's Ark, um, and and they they went to one place and they found this boat, and it almost and, and I don't know if there's people that believe they've found it or not. But, but they found this placement that would have been a boat, and it had iron nails, and so they immediately dismissed the idea. Oh, my goodness, man. Um, and, and what what, oh. what frustrated me about it is because they, they gave the excuse that, oh, they would not have that technology. We have no idea Unless. how much technology, <laughs> what kind of, what level of technology they would have had pre-flood. Um, because if, if we, we are to believe scripture, Adam and Eve were... Per- were created, or Adam was created in God's perfect image, and Eve was created out of him. Mm-hmm. And so they, they right. were a perfect uh, couple until the the fall of man, which was in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And so it would make sense that they would be able to advance very fast technologically. Um, and they yeah. had a good period of time I where mean, they, Adam, they lived, uh, many of them lived hundreds of years up yeah. to Adam lived uh, 900 years 900 years yeah. I believe Methuselah lived uh, and he he was one of the oldest it was I heard from my friend's dad he was he was saying the reason why they lived so long was not because they had a different like age system but the fact that the earth was at a higher elevation and if you've ever you know been in, I, I used to you, take if, a verse out of you, context if, if you've been in a plane you realize that your heart rate slows down. Mm-hmm. You breathe slower. So if you breathe slower, you're more likely to age slower. Yeah. yeah. So, so with it being at a higher elevation in the mountains, you know, the idea of it would make sense. So there's a verse that, that, and again, it basically uh, it, it's God talking to Noah, and he, and he basically tells him he has to build this ark, and he said, uh, I don't know if it's, talking to him but he says that he's going to give man 120 years basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what i took that as for the longest time is that he limited limited man's lifespan after that time to come down to about 120 years um and i'm not sure if that was uh and and the the reason i I'd, i'd have to look at the passage again is because like that's what i thought it meant whereas um in school, I learned that it was actually the time before the flood happened. So I you talked know. about the flood in I, school. I didn't. I not not, it was not, not high school, college. Oh, 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 oh I see. I, I don't know. I haven't heard that that it was 120 years. I, I thought it was shorter than that. Um, but my understanding of that is um, that's why it might be. You know, the, it, it might be. What I'm thinking, it might not be. Yeah, but the the so pre-flood, another part of why they live so long is the atmosphere is different. Yes, sure. Um, you know, the Bible is the Bible talks about the the water beneath and the water above. Mm-hmm. Um, the water below is something that we still have with you know these water in like aquifers um, underneath the ground, but this water above is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a layer of water, and I've heard a lot of different theories. What I believe is aligned most biblically is that it was a layer of water um, up in the upper atmosphere of our earth. Um, And God held it there 
until it was time for the flood. Mm -hmm. Now, with that, that would extremely modify um, you know, global temperature, global oxygen levels, global, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, everything around the globe would be modified by that. And so, um, what's interesting though, is that there have been um, people with severe burns, um, mm -hmm. people with severe medical issues that they were, you know, either on their deathbed or they were going to be permanently like covered in scars for life from, you know, being, um, receiving third degree burns like all over their body. And they were put in conditions that would be similar to what would happen if we had a, um, you know, a layer of water around the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they put them in, you know, these specific rooms to, that they could adjust the oxygen levels and all the, the right. atmospheric pressure, things like that. And what they found is that that cleared up nearly all of their burn scars. Nearly all of their burn tissues were returned to normal. What? Um, you have a, their like, lives. Because... I don't. This is something I heard in Sunday school when I was like eight. So this may I be was completely wrong. I wasn't accepting it. I was like, what? This may be completely wrong. And this <laughs> but is, I'm rolling with it. <laughs> this is why we clarify after each discussion some of the the offshoot stuff. I think that everyone knows that we don't fact check ourselves. Yes. <laughs> we don't spend a lot of time working and that, on this. And that, that's a big issue with... Uh, we're we're all uh, plagiarizing, you know? <laughs> yeah. That'll be a discussion um, for a later time. And it, again, as I, as I clarified with the generator, these are not things that I'm like wholeheartedly convicted about. You know, things that I, I cling to and wholeheartedly convicted about those are things that I make sure that I know what I'm talking about. Right. With. Things like this, I don't really. You care. got. You got to be. They're an fun to talk about. What you know. it, and, and again, the, yeah. this this podcast, though I, I had misconstrued what it was, uh, it, it is it is not. We learn ministry. from our mistakes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it is a ministry, but it's also fun discussion. Like yeah. my my thing. Okay, the last question. We'll leave it at this. The last question. What. In terms of, say, the pyramids, or I guess like, so, let's say Behemoth and Leviathan, how how does all this point to God? Say like, you know, all, the truth being hidden, mm -hmm. you know, all these conspiracy theories of the what-ifs, like how does this all point back to the gospel? Well, I mean, in terms of the Behemoth and Leviathan, I mean, it's, God is pretty clear in Job that those are a picture of his power, picture of his might. Uh, in the only way that he could understand it at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, as far as uh, Atlantis and the pyramid generators, <laughs> I really don't have an answer. <laughs> um, they're just man's creation. Well, man's actually, actually, you know what? I do. I do. Um, if they're real. And Seth, I will let you speak Speaking after this. Truth. I, again, I feel like I've been dominating this episode. Well, th th this is this is <laughs> your. Uh, it's not even you dominating. Yes. You're the expert. That's me. Atlantis. Uh, I mean, not the expert, but <laughs> he's our the Atlantis expert. guy. That's the. <laughs> I'm the expert who does not fact check things. <laughs> well, um, welcome back to Integrity. I'm but, Atlantis man. Uh, <laughs> that is that is your new name from now on. I'm Isaac. I'm Zed. One of the and this is um, 
and this kind of goes along with what we were just saying. Um, one of the doctrines that I cling to, and I mean, I really, really hold on to, and it gives me great hope, um, is the doctrine of Christian hedonism, which sounds bad, but what it really means is that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Oh. Amen. And that we, you oh. know, so we glorify God by enjoying creation. I mean, you look at um, Jesus all throughout the Gospels when he heals people on the on the uh, the Sabbath, and um, you know his disciples just pick grain on the Sabbath just to eat, and the Pharisees come up to them and you know they're like, oh, you can't do that on the Sabbath. Well, Jesus says that God did not make man for the Sabbath, but God made Sabbath for man. Um, and I mean, we don't really know the. You know, unless you're on a farm, you don't know what it's like to live on a farm. You don't know what it's <laughs> like to have to, um, right. you know, go out and work a field all day, every day. You don't get a break from that. Um, That's your about, lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about, um, you know, we're out near Alabama, and um, my fiance, she was raised in Alabama, so she knows, you know, a bit more about the farming life than I do, and she talks about chicken houses. And if you have chicken houses, you are committed to that from the day that you begin to build yep. your chicken house until mm -hmm. the day that you sell your chickens. Consistency. You cannot do anything apart from that. Um, and so if that's the lifestyle that you're living and that's the lifestyle that the, the, the people of Israel were living, you know, there were nomads in the wilderness, but God told them, take a day off. You mm. work six days and you have a day of rest. Amen. And you have a day to enjoy creation, and so God literally gave us naps. Yeah, and so so you know we're, <laughs> one of my favorite stories. <laughs> so, you know, as a college student, I am, you know, I'm, I'm studying all the time. I am um, preparing for a wedding. I'm working, and so where I find my enjoyment is studying these conspiracy theories, studying Atlantis, studying. It's your um, hobby. Yeah, it, it's mm. something that I enjoy. It's just something that fascinates me. And it's something that I can sit back and just have fun with. Exactly. Um, and I believe that God, God created us to do that. Not all mm -hmm. the time, but to have times like that. And to create almost within the creation. I mean, we can't create. We almost manipulate and make out of what God created. So it's like the mm -hmm. creator created us to create. Yep. To glorify him with what we create. I'm pretty sure that's a messed up quote from a book that you stole from me. I mean, <laughs> probably. It wasn't Images and Idols. I forgot the author's name, but... I mean, that's always changed my view. Like, the creator created us to create. Mm -hmm. Like, that That, that was also, the quote from the book. That, yeah. I think so, it's awesome. Like, and this touches back on the, the topic of worship that we talked about in the oh, last yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is that worship is enjoying him. It can be. I love it. It, it. That's. I mean, God is good, and all the time. God is good. Wait, yeah. God what? is good all the time, and all the time. God is good. Okay, we said it right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is Integrity Ministries. I, I don't Signing know. If I don't know if we're Integrity Ministries or the Integrity. Uh, I'm, we're still trying to figure we, it out. We are we are working on uh, the vision, figuring out the name for for the podcast, and hopefully our church plant possibly in the future. 
I think that um, we're mostly working on just getting this somewhere. <laughs> exactly. If you're hearing this, we did. We posted it successfully. We did and good. you made it this far. Yeah. Also, the new code word to put in the chat is Febreze. Ooh. Is it because the studio, a.k.a. my dorm, smells weird? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That You know what? I don't like your tone, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I keep good hygiene, but my my bathroom's I feel like leaking. we should probably end it. Yeah. Um, God is good <laughs> all the time. And, and all the time, uh, God, God is, is good. good. Amen and amen.